Hey there, thanks for listening in. This is episode 13 of the science fiction novel Engines Under Ursus, written and narrated by Martin Brady. This week's episode is called Chut Ho. Podsafe music is provided by Dreaming Blue, performing Beautiful Today. Previously on Engines Under Ursus. Which private eye did you hire? asked Fowler. Chut Ho, an alien who lives downtown. Kim highly recommended. Why? asked Jerry. The break-ins happened shortly after the Antec problem started, right? Jerry nodded. Then maybe the break-ins have something to do with what's going on now, pondered Fowler. I think I could do with some outside help. Jerry had given Fowler permission to charge Chutho's bill to his account. Fowler was grateful to have such good friends on the outside. In the tank, life had become oversimplified, and the routine had been mind-numbingly predictable. Friends had become a thing of the past, and the solitude had taught him to appreciate them. Now that he was out, Fowler knew that he could not cover all the possible angles himself, and figured that Sandra and Delcas were withholding information from him. Fowler realised if he could get Chutho on board, he could possibly get closer to all that had happened to CityNet during the month preceding his release. Fowler followed the locator arrows on Chutho's business card given to him by Jerry, gradually becoming more nervous as he moved out of the human-controlled sector of Verstal and into the Ixian-controlled sector. Damn it, muttered Fowler. He walked across the unofficial dividing line between the two communities, and noted the Ixian graffiti scrawled across the approaching building. Ixus Rulunk. Slowly, Fowler walked through the majority-occupied Ixian sector of the city, beginning to feel lonely and vulnerable. Fowler knew humans would never be welcome in this sector. Too much had happened in the war. He tried to ignore the two Ixians walking towards him, but could not help noticing their grey eyes following him menacingly. One hissed a curse at Fowler as they passed, but the other Ixian urged restraint and they walked by. The Ixian made a final, threatening, clicking sound in his throat. Fowler sighed with relief when he saw that he had to turn left off the main road and went out of sight. The back streets were quiet, almost eerily so. Finally, he turned down an alley and saw the low-key entrance to the offices of Chut Ho. A neon light buzzed over the door with an inward-pointing arrow. The Fowler stopped in his tracks under the sign, and a business hologram popped up. Chutho, private investigator, your concerns are our business. Outside the business lay an antique floater, which reminded Fowler of an Earth Oldsmobile. The Fowler stepped into the doorway and took a deep breath, staying within the shadows. He looked behind him before he stepped inside, checking that he was not being followed. He sighed with relief, seeing that all was clear. The stairway was very steep, and he climbed each step laboriously, finally pushing open the frosted glass door, feeling the cool temperature within the room, contrasting with his clammy-looking complexion. "'Can I help you?' asked an alien with bowl-shaped eyes, peering up from behind a green filing cabinet. The fellow looked curiously at the alien wearing a shark suit, then cleared his throat. "'I'm here to speak to Chut the alien's fish-shaped oval eyes opened with interest. What do you wish to talk to him about? A fowler thought the alien had the face of a catfish. It's, uh, it's of a sensitive nature. I'd rather tell him myself. Jerry from BJ's gave me his card. 
The fellow looked away distractedly to the main office door. I don't have much time. The chutho stepped out from behind the filing cabinet, his spats coming into full view. His spiky fins acted as arms within the suit, but they had no fingers. Instead of fingers, Chutho used a cluster of tendrils, which hung from the front of his body to form two notional feet for the shoes. A multitude of other tendrils moved under his open mouth, with which he used to pick up and examine other items. He used them to take the hat from the top of the filing cabinet. He straightened the edge of the hat with his tendrils, then slipped it on, pulling it down slightly at the front. I am Chutho. At your service. A fellow raised his eyebrows, looking at the strangely dressed alien. Your, um... Uh... The fellow was suddenly lost for words, and wondered if it was sensible to trust this strangely dressed alien with his freedom, but recalled Jerry's glowing reports of the small, private detective. He swallowed his words and tried to smile. Chut ho! Hello. Please come into my office and take a seat. You look quite warm. Would you like a cool glass of water, perhaps? Fowler nodded thankfully, taking a seat. That would be perfect, thanks. Fowler relaxed and explained to Chutho in detail what had happened to him since he had been released from the tank, including Walt and Mesler's untimely deaths. Chutho listened patiently, sipping some green fluid from poor sponges which lay in a dish made from what looked like a giant seashell. When Fowler mentioned Chairman Sot's name in relation to being the suspected owner of the digger on Ursus, Chutho stopped drinking and seemed to pay more attention. Are you certain the digger was Ixian? Fowler nodded. Chairman Sot is a very powerful individual on Erstal. He is also well respected within this area. Many Ixians call him the hero of the war. Many would accuse a human, such as yourself, of trying to discredit him because of your history. The species are naturally distrustful of each other, and with good reason, Mr. Fowler. Being a minority species on Erstal, I should keep out of Ixian human affairs. My work is of a purely investigatory nature, not political. The fowler frowned, worrying that Chutho was refusing to take the job. I'm just looking for information. I'll pay very well insisted Fowler. The Chutho sat forward. Money is of no use when one has been recycled, Mr. Fowler. Fowler put his hands together. Look, I'm not saying that the Ixians are behind all this. All I want you to do is to continue your investigation into those individuals who broke into CityNet. Chutho shrugged. Some time has passed. The trail is long since cold. Fowler smiled. I'm sure you could warm it up again. Chutho blinked rapidly and sipped some more of his drink. And then? All I want you to do is to see if there's some connection between the cyber theft and what's happening now. Chutho gurgled. His eyes rolled in his large head. An inner eyelid blinked. That is all you want me to do? His tendrils bristled. Fowler nodded, not able to tell whether Chutho had been sarcastic. So you'll take the job? wondered Fowler. This is not an ordinary case, Mr. Fowler. You have just stepped into my office. I realize you know Jerry, and I know him too. He is an honorable human. However, I do not know you. Please tell me something about yourself. 
I wish to acquaint myself with you. The fowler shrugged. Well, what do you want to know? Do you have any family? The fowler shook his head, looking away. No? Anything else? Chilho gurgled. Mr. Fowler, as you are aware, I am a private detective. I have been trained in the art of lying. Each species has telltale signals when they lie, which may not be visible to their own species. Please, do not lie to me if you wish to avail of my services. I place truth and honesty in the first, prompt payment in the second. Once again, Mr. Fowler, do you have any family? Chutho placed his fish eyes on Fowler. Fowler swallowed hard. Yeah, I have a wife, but uh, we're separated. And I have a son who's four now. He lives with his mother. I don't know where they are at the moment uh, since I got out of the tank. I think they still live on our stall. Chutho seemed happy with the response. And your biological parents? Fowler grimaced hard. I was brought up by my mother. She divorced my father. Fowler dropped his stare and looked at the ground. Why did she divorce your father? Inquired Chutho. Fowler began to feel his temper rising, angry at the intrusion. They didn't get on. Human couples that don't get on go their separate ways. It happens all the time. Chutho interrupted. Mr. Fowler, you have one more chance if you would like me to take this job. I have many clients. Fowler wanted to walk out of the office and tell Chutho to go to hell, but he wondered if anyone else would be willing to take such a risky job. He looked at Chutho and decided to tell him the truth. My father was a gambler and a drunk. Fowler sucked in a deep breath, finding the words hard to say. He gambled away our family home when I was six, and my mother left him. We moved from town to town until my mother met her new partner. I never really got on with my stepfather. After that, I threw myself into my studies, and I got a scholarship and went to college. Now I'm here in Erstal in this sorry mess. Anything else? Chutho sucked down more fluid from the sponge taking in the information. Did you love your father, Mr. Fowler? asked Chutho. Fowler looked uneasy at the directness of the question and felt a wave of emotion sweep over him. Did I... did I love him? Chutho gurgled, waiting for a reply. Fowler felt a lump forming in his throat. Sure I did. I missed him when he left. For a long while I thought it was something I'd done. I was just a kid. When I was older my mother explained what had happened about the gambling. After that I guess I never forgave him for what he did to her. The Chutho rocked from side to side. So, do you think you are like him then? A fowler clenched his fists. He was a gambler and a drunk. I became CTO of CityNet. There's no comparison. Chilho wet his lips. But you gambled everything away that you had on your Entex, didn't you? 
You lost your job and the respect of your family. Doesn't that make you the same as your father? Balor was stuck for words, knowing there was some truth in Chutho's words. It was worse than meeting the tank shrink. To hell with this, thought Fowler. He's no right to ask me any more questions. Look, I'm done here with your questions. Do you want this work or not? Chutho drank some more from the sponges. The sun surely rises. Fowler looked confused. Is that a yes or a no? I shall attempt to warm up the path. The father sighed with relief, realizing it was an acceptance. Chutho sat down at his desk. Now, to the matter of my fees. As Fowler had suspected, Chutho was expensive to hire, but Fowler was hopeful that he would turn up some information helpful to him. Fowler thought it was too coincidental that the break-in had happened shortly after the Antec problem had escalated, wondering if it was in some way tied into Walt's death. It was dark when Fowler left Chutho's office. As ever, the corporate lights in the city dominated. The recycled air never changed temperature. The rain which fell from the controlled weather patterns was a joke, more of a light drizzle which could be timed almost to the minute. The people worked around the clock in the city. The overhead traffic was still heavy. The city was more like a living organism in space, feeding off the information being passed through it. Not only did knowledge provide power to a privileged few, it also created employment. Now that was all under threat with the Antex invading CityNet's channels of communication. Distrustful of the Ixians, Fowler had summoned a floater to meet him outside Chutho's office. Wearily, he sat into it. He felt tired and drained, wanting time away from CityNet and all its ills. Being physically active for such a long period of time had caused unexpected aches and pains, as he was forced to use muscles which had been slowly wasting away over time in the tank. He stretched out his arms, straightening his back, feeling the muscles crunch into place. Destination? inquired the floater. Hang on, said Fowler, reaching into his pocket. He opened his wallet and looked at the picture of his estranged wife, wondering whether he should visit her. She had never visited him during his time at the tank, and he figured in those dark days that she had given up on him. Confused, a feller took the picture of his estranged wife and threw it on the floor of the floater, wanting to slam his foot on it, but could not bring himself to do it. The picture landed face down on the floor. He knew it would never be so easy to forget that part of his life. He carried memories of Jane with him as palpably as his Zentech implants. He shook his head, knowing that he could not bring himself to see his wife when she had so visibly rejected him, yet he still wanted to meet her. His marriage was over, and that was all there was to it. However, a part of him secretly wondered how she would react if he just turned up on her doorstep, then realized that it was probably just a pipe dream. Please state your destination, repeated the floater, sounding less pleasant. Fowler looked out of the floater's window at the giant corporate buildings, seeing the distant spire of the CityNet tower. Take me to CityNet, said Fowler, feeling quite despair. He reached down and picked up the photograph, replacing it in his wallet, realizing it was a part of his life he was not yet willing to relinquish. Too much had already slipped away. (laughs) 